what do I define about blowing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, and he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, please respond. Are you ready? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um, everybody's life. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey, everybody. It's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com. And this week we are doing a spotlight episode, which you know I love doing because I love showcasing different groups and organizations and nonprofits that are doing big things in their communities. So this month, this month, our February spotlight episode is going to someone who I think I've known for a while. I really don't know how long I've been connected with him, but He's our first male guest. You heard me say him. First male guest of the year. Really excited to have him on, especially during Black History Month, right? Of all months. And he is actually local, technically, to the DMV. So today's guest, his name is Mr., which also you could say doctor now, Brian J. Olds. And he is the founder and creator of Black Speakers Network, which I actually recently joined. So you have to go check out the IG. I will put all of this in the show notes, obviously, but it's literally Black Speakers Network as the actual IG handle. And then you can follow Brian himself and see all of what he's up to in the world over at Brian J. Olds. So make sure you're tapped into those two IG pages. I will link them in the show notes. But Brian, I mean, outside of being the founder of Black Speakers Network, he's he calls himself a certified introvert. Obviously, he's a speaker. Obviously, he advocates for Black entrepreneurs and Black speakers. He's written books and he's just, you know, he's been doing a lot of different things. And he's based in Baltimore, you know, the, the M in the DMV, whereas I am the V in DMV. So without further ado, Brian, thank you for agreeing to be on the show. Absolutely. I am honored to be the first male guest come on 2022 let's go diversity and inclusion <laughs> in the building but super excited to be here to network and spell podcast thank you whitney and yes i do feel like we go way back like car seats now that you now that you say it so i'm excited to to be here and looking forward to a great conversation Yes, yes. So I joined, right? Finally, finally. I don't even. I don't know what took me so long. But y'all, if you are an entrepreneur, right, and you're trying to speak and get out there and learn more about speaking and and get opportunities, literally email to your inbox as well as just the Zoom calls. I've really been enjoying myself, and this is what month two or three for me. It hasn't yeah. been that many months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, newbie. I think uh, you know that's that's the goal, and I, I think you know with BSN, you can kind of tap in everywhere. We, we have a lot of people who are like fence sitters for a while, which is fine. You know, we have a community of fifteen thousand folks just uh, in our Facebook group, and you know, some people find out about us wider right way and, and jump in, and other people just kind of need to you know check things out. But regardless, I think. You know, when folks join, they kind of have a similar experience to you, Whitney. It's like, wow, you know, it's like drinking from a fire hose. And so I'm super excited that you're on board and uh, plugging into the resources. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why I might not have is because I was traveling so much. I was so busy doing all of the things. And I was focusing, obviously, on the podcast. And I was traveling for work, just doing all the different moving and grooving conferences, you name it. And I wasn't I guess, ready at the time. And now I'm in this position where with Clubhouse, which we'll talk about shortly, it's amplified and sort of put things 
into perspective from a speaker's viewpoint, vantage point. And I really enjoy it. I'm like, no, this is something that I really enjoy. And I, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it with as much information and knowledge as I can. And I saw you, I think I'm on the email list or something. I saw something and something got me to just say, you know what, I'm going to join. And I love the clubhouse stuff that you guys are doing and the different people. I mean, you've really amassed quite a group of individuals. So can you tell us how this started? Absolutely. So, you know, the story really starts back in college. And for me, the speaking thing is kind of funny because I tell people all the time, I am a certified introvert. I'm so serious about it, Whitney. I actually had certified introvert shirts printed up and sold them. And uh, it's one of our top selling SKUs to this day because that was me. You know, I, I grew up the skinny kid in Baltimore, pretty much kept to myself. And uh, I my goal was to be an aerospace engineer. If you know anything about engineers, they typically aren't the most outgoing people. That is a stereotype, but I, I was leaning right into it. You know, I from a speaking perspective, I don't think I could have led two people in silent prayer, let alone have ambitions of standing up in front of an audience and uh, trying to move them to action. And so growing up, you know, my goal was to be an engineer. I grew up watching like the NASA space shuttle launches and literally wanted to do kind of what Elon Musk is doing now, like shooting, you know, Teslas into space. Like that was my jam. So I ended up at Morgan State University uh, as an HBCU right here in Baltimore and ended up in an engineering program. And I was super excited about having made it. And I, I was on my way until I hit one little roadblock, Whitney, and that was a little class called Calculus 2. And I don't know if anybody's taken that class or we have any, you know, you have any engineer listeners out there, but, you know, that thing. I was like, let me just go see what the school of business is talking about. And so, you know, I I switched majors uh, halfway through, you know, but I ended up switching to business administration. But I didn't know what business really was. I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I I was lost. And I'm sure you, you probably have many folks here that have at some point experienced some sort of identity crisis. Like you, you spent a big portion of your life thinking that you're going to go one direction. And now all of a sudden everything has changed. And so lo and behold, we actually, you know, a young lady came into uh, one of our programs one day at Morgan State University and said, hey, you know, we're starting this club called Toastmasters. And uh, for those who aren't familiar, Toastmasters is a club that's been around since the 1940s. They have, you know, clubs all around the world and companies and organizations, and they focus on helping you become a better speaker. So she said, we're starting this Toastmasters club on campus and, you know, we need volunteers. And I was like, mm, I don't really know about this, but public speaking had, was always one of those mountains with me. It was like, man, I know for a fact that this is a skill that I need to get better at. And I didn't want to be this like nervous kid for the rest of my life. Like I'd already failed at engineering. So I'm like, you know, I might as well uh, take advantage of this skill while I have the opportunity. So, you know, I signed up and I volunteered. If you were sitting in a a small classroom, you know, with me in the summer of 2006, uh, you would have watched as I stood up, nervously made my way to the front of the classroom and prepared to deliver my very first speech and Toastmasters and through the sweaty palms, the shaky voice, you know, at one point I almost walked right out of the room. (laughs) I I somehow made it through that presentation and, you know, making it through that first speech, I realized like, Hey, if I could survive 
one presentation, I can deliver two. And then two turned into four, four turned into 10. And, you know, my, my speaking career, as it were, was off. Eventually made it into corporate America, ended up uh, landing my dream job after many years, actually working in finance for some unknown crazy reason. But, you know, did that and ended up my dream job as a training specialist. So I was literally a full-time paid speaker for two years. And through all those experiences, I realized a couple of things. Number one, coming from an HBCU like Morgan State University, Black speakers are lit. Like, you know, we would be in some of these meetings, Whitney, and I, I just realized Black people specifically, like we're natural storytellers. We're very animated. Like, you know, we put seasoning on everything that we touch. And so we brought something to the stage that I, I think you just didn't see as represented. But yet when I went out and discovered that there was a organization, excuse me, an industry around professional speaking that can not only impact people's lives, but you can also do well financially. I was just disappointed with the representation of what I saw. So I really wanted to do something to impact that. And that's kind of how Black Speakers Network was created in 2016. I kind of started. And, you know, everyone always asks like, hey, when did you start your business? And it's a really difficult question to answer. Network and spill. I'm going to spill the tea. Like, you know, there's no date that really makes perfect sense because there's a date that you have the idea and then there's a date where you formalize stuff. So, you, you know, you buy business cards or, you, you know, you build a website, you get the domain name, you register trademarks and things like that. You get registered with your state. And then there's a day where you make money and all of those are different dates. And that was kind of the case. So 2016 was kind of the launching point of it all, though. And, you know, that's how I got started. Yeah. And that makes sense. I think that tracks to how I probably connected with you because I, I too got started. Well, it, it was around 2015, I guess. I was still living in, in SoCal at the time, but I was traveling a lot and I do my research and I was doing research and I, I had to have come across you from somewhere or we were in a group together. I really don't know how I found the the group or how I found you in, in, in particular, but I've, I've been connected with you for a while and that's when my journey started as well. So I love that. It's kind of parallel in that regard and how you've just taken off. You've been able to build, like you said, the 15,000 people on Facebook and then, you know, you've got the community elsewhere on different other social media apps. You've got IG, we've got Clubhouse, we've got Twitter, I guess. We've got so many different outlets, but I am curious and we'll talk about some of your goals for the Black Speaker Network in, in, a, in a little bit, but I do want to talk a little bit about the types of people that you've managed to create, that are, <laughs> not create, but that you've been able to attract, right? As you create this massive platform and community, right? This really, really dope community because it's networking, right? We talk about networking a lot in Network and Spill. And I feel like you had to do some of that a little bit, even as an introvert, you've had to network to sort of build what this group is into what it is and what it will be. So I definitely want to ask you about that, how you've amassed all these people and attracted folks to you. Yeah. Well, what's beautiful is I think I, BSN didn't start off as a company. It started off as an idea, right? And I think anytime you're launching something, you know, a product or a service, everyone has to create kind of like a minimum viable offer, MVP. And for us, you know, it was a Facebook group. I, you know, I put it out there to say, hey, is there anyone else out here that actually cares about being a part of 
essentially a professional association for speakers. And turns out it, it was like I remember starting a group with five people and watching it grow to 10 and 100 and 500 and 2000 and 5000 to now over 15000. And so to your point about networking, yes, I think absolutely there's an element where part of my organic network at the time was already kind of a cross section of people that I knew from college that cared about speaking, people in Toastmasters. And by the way, this was my second company. My first company was a another business similar, uh, but it was called Skills. So it, it was a professional development platform and uh, the Skills was an acronym. So it was sharing knowledge and information for lifelong success. <laughs> so now we made absolutely no money, <laughs> but what I took away from that was one experience and then two was network. You know, we, we we were hosting events like here locally in the Baltimore area. And so when we kicked off Black Speakers Network, I already had kind of a warm audience of people who I know at least cared about speaking and was interested in getting on stage. But now as I fast forward and we kind of do a scan across the network, certainly I think our community represents a super healthy cross-section of individuals from multiple different industries, from mental health professionals. We have doctors, we have lawyers, we have leadership experts, we have individuals who are traditional entrepreneurs, influencers. And so at the end of the day, we attract individuals who may not necessarily identify themselves as professional speakers, but yet have identified speaking as uh, a critical avenue where they can connect to the audience that they're called to serve. And so that was a big part of it, that, but that was a lesson. Like I think all entrepreneurs kind of go through this journey of self-discovery. And as we seek to find uh, product market fit, it, it takes time to really determine who your target market is, what are you really going to provide and then at the same time, you have to make decisions about what you're not going to provide and, and you know who you're not trying to attract. To be honest, I think BSN also benefited from a time in 2016. This was before, I, I wouldn't say, I, I don't know the exact dates that it predated you know, Black Lives Matter necessarily, but certainly it was before Colin Kaepernick was kneeling. You know, it was before, you know, we had, it was before George Floyd. It was before we kind of went through this period of um, social reckoning around race in the U.S. It was still there, but, you know, it certainly wasn't as top of mind as it is now. And it has, has been for the last few years. So I think just by having an organization that unapologetically was black, because I could have called it anything. We could have been like All-Star Speaker Network. We could have been Global Speakers Network. We could have been United Speakers Network. I was like, no, forget all that. <laughs> we are Black Speakers Network. Like We are here to serve black speakers and to equip, connect, and inspire the next generation of black professional speakers. And so not to say, you know, we're closing the door on anybody, but we're going to have a focus on that. And so when you have a, a a name that's that polarizing, I mean, even if you don't know anything else about who we are, what we do, if you are a person that identifies as black and you have an interest in speaking, you're at least going to check us out. And so I think that in and of itself 
created a tremendous amount of momentum and brand equity that we um, continue to leverage off of today. Yeah. And being able to be unapologetic and be able to attract so many people from so many different industries, I think is really powerful because that's what creates a ripple effect. And, you know, like you said earlier, even though there are people who may be on the fence and haven't joined in to speak for whatever reason, it is still something to to watch and to be a part of and to be able to support. So regardless of whether you're Black or you're a speaker or you're an entrepreneur or whatnot. So anyone who is listening here, I definitely think it would be of, of value, especially if they are an entrepreneur and they are working with clients or customers to be able to tap into a group like this, even with the speakers, right? Even with that, that is obvious. Obviously, if you are a speaker or if you want to become a speaker, this is a great place to be because you are so motivated and, 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 I, I know I am, right? I see people like Quinn and other folks that you have in your group, especially on Clubhouse when you guys go live. Um, is it every Monday afternoon, right? Yeah, you got it. Every Monday, 12 p.m. to 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, we're, we're live in Clubhouse with our uh, Quinn Conyers is an incredible speaker, but she's an amazing host and MC, which is another avenue of speaking that some people kind of forget about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the clubhouse rooms have been a great resource. So that's just there where we're just giving away information. Like we rotate through multiple topics, everything from understanding how to price yourself as a speaker to how to create resources to like how to stand out in the market. And everybody that is part of our mod squad, as we say, on clubhouse is you know, part of the BSN community and they just kind of pop in and, you know, give freely of their time for that hour or so. And we take questions. So it's been a good experience. It has. It really has, y'all. And this is this is the free stuff. So, you know, if the free stuff is good, typically the paid stuff is even better. So I, I like the motivational aspect of it, seeing people sort of stand in their power and speak from their experience, their stories, their trials and tribulations, their expertise their industry, like being able to watch people, even if it's in a completely different industry as mine or one that I'm interested in, it's so interesting to me. And I find it very inspiring. So that's one of the reasons why I joined. I think the other thing that I like about what you are creating and what you're building is, is like you said earlier, about how we have so many stories to tell. We have so many stories to tell. We are very... <laughs> energetic in ways and entertaining in ways and charismatic. And we all have our different things, whether we're an introvert or not. And being able to share those stories is so important. One of my sisters, the youngest sister I have, Elise, is a, she's a historian. And she's been talking a lot about oral history and how people in the past, you know, different communities and different generations would pass stories down via audio, like just speaking and how powerful that is. And I had never really thought about it before, but for me, I think being able to speak and command a stage and be able to speak and tell a story, be able to speak and, and give someone, help someone have that aha moment or help someone, you know, change their lives. I think that's, it's, for me, it's gold. It's absolute gold. And I've always been intrigued by it. I want to say one of my favorite speakers is, is probably Lisa Nichols. Do you have a favorite like that you've been following for like maybe decades? Yeah. So I actually have, he is uh, probably not going to be as a, uh, as big of a household name as like Lisa Nichols or Les Brown, but on the theme of black speakers, I think 
coming through Toastmasters, I got exposed to a number of people. They have this competition. It's called the uh, World Championship of Public Speaking. And Whitney, it is crazy. Like <laughs> 30,000 people every single year compete. So it's kind of like the uh, Olympics of speaking. And so and it's a five to seven minute presentation where you kind of deliver your best uh, presentation and then you start kind of at the club level and then you move up through uh, the area and the district. And then if you win at your district, they pay for you to fly out to wherever the international Toastmasters conferences that year. And then you compete on the semifinals against people from other countries because Toastmasters is in like 90 countries or something like that. And then if you win at the semifinals, you go on to compete against nine other people in the world championship. And if you win, you are the world champion of public speaking. And so this is incredible, incredible opportunity that they have each year to compete. And uh, I competed one year. I made it to like the semifinals and got got destroyed (laughs) out in Las Vegas. But one of my uh, people that I idolized and and still do uh, is a gentleman by the name of Craig Valentine. Craig was actually the 1999 world champion of public speaking. And he, before getting into Toastmasters, he was like a sales expert, but he used that opportunity because, you know, when you win the world champion of public speaking, it comes along with like a lot of publicity and gravitas. And, you know, people are inviting you all around the world to then speak and come to their Toastmasters clubs. And some people kind of discount Toastmasters because it's like, oh, you know, that's just a couple people kind of getting together and speaking at libraries and stuff like that. But Toastmasters has a presence globally in organizations like Fortune 500 companies. And so you may be speaking at a Toastmasters club, but you also might be speaking at a um, in front of VPs of HR, hiring managers, people who have budgets to actually bring you in to speak on a more permanent basis. But anyway, but Craig Valentine, Craig taught me the the fundamentals of speaking. He taught me the fundamentals of storytelling. He taught me the fundamentals of how to open a speech uh, to keep your audience on the edge of your seat. He has an entire model of how to craft a killer keynote presentation. And he's funny. Like this man is funny. So he's a black guy from Maryland, you know, played basketball at Towson um, University and just parlayed this incredible speaking career on his own, but then took that to another level and then taught speakers how to essentially do the same thing. So like Les Brown is on record of saying like he is he's literally one of the best speaker trainers in the business. And so I owe so much to him just by one, being a visible example of black speaker who was successful and he's in my own backyard right here in Maryland, but also as a person that I've learned so much from and has certainly heavily influenced my own speaking style over the years. Nice. Okay. I definitely will be following him on the internet immediately. So it's nice to to get names like that of people that you may not have heard of, right? A lot of people have heard of Lisa Nichols, at least I hope everybody who's listening has. If you haven't, no, no <laughs> shame, no, no shame, but you need to look her up immediately. Hey, 
Hey, can we take a pause real quick? I just want to let y'all know this is exclusive and time sensitive. If you're hearing this, there's a really good chance that either I have a spot open or I have a spot opening on my one-on-one program that I offer. So I only do four slots at a time because this is like the most intense, thorough, intimate way to work with me ever. This is my creme de la creme, like four bad bitches only. This is for solopreneurs who have a nine to five, who work in corporate, who have some sort of job that they are doing and that they're doing really well, but who also have a side hustle or a business that they are running on the side and they want to build and streamline their goals towards. A lot of us have strategy. A lot of us have plans here and there, but most of us don't have accountability. A lot of us don't have a support system that's solid and the rest of us aren't organized and have strong boundaries, have routines, like all of that. So I'm going to help you get it all together. This is a three month intensive one-on-one coaching program where you have full access to me via Voxer. We have seven, seven one-on-one calls with each other throughout the three months and you get routines, you get customized affirmations and audios and all kinds of things to help you succeed. So check out the link. It's in the show notes. It's also on my website, WhitneyDanielle.com. If you have questions, DM me, send me an audio note. Let me know if you know someone who needs to get their shit together in this manner, send me their information. I will totally hook you up for the referral. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Let's get back to the episode. I I really do appreciate that. And yeah, it sounds kind of like an intense, like competition there. I mean, Mm -hmm. Vegas being, were you like up on stage in front of a bunch of people? A lot of people. So the semifinals typically in front of an audience of about a couple hundred people, maybe like five, because basically their districts essentially represented, which everything feels weird saying this now, like post COVID, like, cause it's like, you know, we got all these people in one room, but yes, right. there was a time back in the day, they had these things called conferences. <laughs> people would walk around, no masks. It was weird, but yes, 500 plus people there. And then the semifinals, they would have that on Saturday morning. And so that is, uh, you're in front of the world stage. So not only are you in front of a couple thousand people live in a ballroom, but it's also being live streamed out around the world. So you probably have several tens of thousands of people watching you present. And the other crazy part about the international speech is that if you make it to the the world stage, the top nine, you not only have to deliver an outstanding presentation to get to that, that semifinal level, but once you make it past the semifinals onto the world stage, you have to deliver a completely separate speech that has never been delivered before. So it is insane. Like it, it's a really cool experience. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it sounds intense. I, and I miss those things called conferences where we could just go. I was thinking <laughs> about that the other day. I was like, yeah, I remember when I used to be out and I used to go to like podcast festivals and different conferences and blog her and just all the different things. I would meet some of the most incredible people and I really miss doing stuff like that. So that's another reason why having something like the Black Speakers Network where you can still engage. I mean, you have Zoom calls and and now you've incorporated podcasting into it because that's a version of speaking, especially one that because of COVID, we have to 
pay more attention to. A lot of people are paying attention to it simply because of COVID, let alone the fact that it's awesome and it's been awesome this entire time. But you've incorporated podcasting into the group and into how you've created opportunities for folks. So that's been a lot of fun where you have like the hot seat and people can come up and talk about their podcast and and have a ton of people on a Zoom call live to say, hey, I'm interested, or hey, I've got a, a friend, or hey, this would be dope, but like, let's collab. And I think I've, I've yet to see anybody do that, by the way. I think it's genius. But I also think as far as a, from a community standpoint, it's great to be able to tap in to one another and have these opportunities because podcasting is very much that, right? It's a conversation that typically has not happened before. Now, you're not necessarily speaking from, at least I don't speak from a script or have like tons of questions pre- outlined and and communicated over like it's very conversational based my show which still mm-hmm. it's still a one-time thing this entire conversation won't happen again this same way in the mm-hmm. same order about these same topics so it's still a unique thing but people like to be engaged people like to hear you speak and be interesting or captivating or tell a cool story or you know name drop somebody they haven't heard or share a book or a, you know anything share anything and and they'll take that and be like huh okay, let me write that down and let me look it up or let me go here and let me sign up, whatever it is. And it sparks them to make a move. And that's for me, a great entryway into speaking. Um, do you yeah. agree for podcasting? Absolutely. I think podcasts. So the platform you're referring to is our podcast power match meetings that we do now on a monthly basis. And yeah, they, they've they been incredibly popular. Part of Black Speakers Network. So we, we realized quickly that when individuals come to us, they're really primarily looking for three, one of three things. You know, they're looking for training, access to resources and uh, speaking opportunities. And depending on kind of where you are in your speaker journey will dictate which of those have the priorities. So typically newer speakers or folks that are, you know, just kind of starting their journey, they're going to be more intense about, hey, tell me what to do. Like, give me the steps. Like, how do I start? Like, how do I get on stages? Like, what is that like? Like, do I got to I, you know, I need a headshot. Like, what do I need? So we kind of put together this model called the five M's to, to help people with that. So from a training perspective, we talk about the same five things all the time, how to get clarity on your mission, your message, marketing, how to monetize and how to manage your speaking business. And so all the topics that we train on are really an outgrowth of those, those five things. But then someone is a little bit more advanced and they come in to be us and they're like, ah, I don't need that. Like, I already know what I'm talking about. I know my target market. I got a website. I got a headshot. I have products or services. I just, I literally just need to get in front of more people. So for individuals closer to that end of the spectrum, we want to provide opportunity. And to your point, podcast is a, you know, that's a medium where I, I think one, it's continued to experience double digit growth, at least from what I've seen over the last five years. Podcasts are absolutely not going anywhere. They're growing. Uh, We're seeing the continued establishment of these larger kind of consolidation of podcast networks that are literally buying programs of content, just like we have here, Network and Spill, and putting them into essentially syndicating them across broader networks. Spotify, Apple, you know, all these companies have invested millions of dollars into building out these platforms. And so there, there's, I don't care what business that you're in, the the common theme is follow the money. <laughs> you got to follow the money and pay attention to consumer trends and technology and stuff like that. When you're, when you're throwing out 
you know, you're looking at trends and saying, wow, 10 years ago, people had no idea what a podcast was. And now nearly 70% of the United States listens to podcasts, you know, once a week. That should, as a con- as an entrepreneur, as a content creator, like, I don't care what you do. You could be a barber, you could have a bakery, or certainly as someone who's like a leadership expert or an author, that should get your attention. You should figure out either one, how to do exactly what you're doing, Whitney, by creating a podcast, or at the very least, incorporate that into an active part of your outreach and engagement strategy as a speaker. And so we talk about that. So podcasts are here to stay. They're growing. I think part of the the reason that we get so excited about them in BSN is because they provide a uh, shorter runway in terms of, you know, actually getting booked for most speakers. You know, if you're trying to get into like speak at a major conference or uh, a more global platform, a lot of those uh, speakers, they are booked six, 12, sometimes 18 months in advance to get onto a stage. Podcasts, most podcasts, you can probably get on almost immediately in some cases, but uh, if not, certainly within the, you know, the first few weeks or a few months. And so there's a shorter lead time, the audience engagement, you're probably going to get somewhere between 100 to 200 people listening to the average podcast. Many are, are much higher. And so Whitney, I know, you know, you're, you're tracking as a podcast host, you're always looking at those analytics and, you know, trying to get in front of more people. And so there's, there's an added incentive for you as the guest to promote the podcast, help the podcast grow. And then the podcast, of course, is going to promote you and the topic and get you in front of a new audience. So that's a great thing. And then the third thing is most of the time you're facilitating it right from your house. So you can be at home and speaking in front of a large audience and you didn't have to get on a plane. You didn't have to book a hotel. You didn't have to secure ground transportation <laughs> like, you know, you're doing it right out of the comfort of your home. And so for all of those reasons and many more, I, I believe that, you know, podcasts should be something that speakers should like fully embrace, particularly as you are attempting to get in front of a new audience. And so with our podcast power match uh, meeting, you know, my my goal we we have we operate a podcast directory just like we have a speaker's directory. Uh, on our website. And so folks join BSN and get their podcast added to the directory. But directories aren't always the most powerful tool when it comes to engagement. And so what I thought would be more valuable is having people hear directly from the podcast hosts. You could talk about your show. You could hear, you know, what themes are coming up and hear directly from the person what it is that they're looking for in a speaker and have that person apply. And so it helps the podcast host because then you can fill up your content calendar in one meeting. You can fill up a quarter or two quarters worth of, of speakers. And then from the speaker perspective, we're also sharing not only that opp- those opportunities, but we're also talking about best practices, how to show up for a podcast, how to get your meeting planner, the information that they need, how to maximize it once you completed the interview and all of those types of things that just makes it a better experience for everybody around. So those are the type of opportunities that I, I like creating within BSN. And in a lot of cases, it's, it's really 
just I like to create platforms and then move out of the way <laughs> and let people use it. So, yeah. Yeah, podcasting is is my jam. And for a lot of those reasons that you mentioned and you know, too, for me, I just YouTubing was cool and I like it. And it's a great way to, I think, to become a speaker of, of really any kind. And there's so many different ways that you can document yourself visually, right? Using video as your tool, obviously, right? People want to see you on stage. They want to, it's interactive a lot of times and you can see people in their element and it's it's really cool. You can see mannerisms, things that you can't see when you, when you just do audio, but um, it is a beautiful way to get yourself out there and be a part of and share your brand. But for me, podcasting was great because uh, it is continues to be phenomenal because I don't have to worry about, like you said, that last, that last bit about, you know, travel and this and that. I would love to have my podcast show in person, but I just feel like I have so many guests that are from all over the, the US, all over the world. It's just difficult to get people there with me to put, to actually do it in person. And I love the fact that we don't have to get dressed up. If this is something, it's a platform that doesn't focus on looks and makeup. You know, I know a lot of the ladies, we have to do our hair, we have makeup, we have this, some people have lashes and this, and it's just a lot. It's a lot. Even if you're not leaving your house, getting ready for a video recording of any type can be a lot of work and podcasting takes that out. So for me, it's just a different way to, to get out there and to connect with people and to share those stories. However, though, I do offer the IG lives as a part of the promotion. Like you said, people listen when they, they know where to tune in, what you're talking about, who the guest is. People are nosy, but you know, yeah, if you, as the guest share the episode out, it's going to get more hits. than if I just do it by myself, and as a podcast host, that's just facts. And so I made it for me, as you mentioned, marketing, I made sure when I hit a certain point where I realized when certain people would share the episode, like on their Facebook, their family would be like, oh my gosh, you're on a podcast. And like all of a sudden, my, my, <laughs> the, it, it's just the hits were crazy. But if the person didn't really say much or only said something once, it wouldn't really get that much traction. It was just me. And this was back in my beginning stages. So I made sure to be intentional about who I had on the show and to make sure that this person would care about, and and their values were the same. Like if we're going to spend this hour or 40 minutes or 30, whatever it is talking, we're going to promote it. We're going to share because I only have conversations with dope people and the conversations that I'm going to record are going to be even more dope and it's worth tapping into. So I'm going to share it because there's somebody who needs to hear it just like anything else that you're going to put out. So um, I made that shift in my podcasting marketing and promotion a while back when I learned that lesson. It's a very valuable lesson, mm -hmm. but um, I do love that you have so many people from different backgrounds, like you said, kind of in the beginning who you really can connect with. And even though I've been podcasting for a while, I'm always learning new things, even though I've been talking for decades. There's always new things to learn about how to speak, how to navigate conversations. And I think I I did really well on Clubhouse. I've been doing really well on Clubhouse because I had a podcast show. Because I've been hosting this, and which is essentially moderating a conversation, when I went over to Clubhouse, I could transfer those skills right over. And that's why hosting rooms on Clubhouse has been so easy and seamless for me because I've been doing it for years now. And a lot of people I saw were struggling. And I'm sure there's, that's it happens in different ways, right? We could give other examples. But for the speaker bit, that was really helpful. So I was able to take my speaking and my moderating and my conversational skills from here over. So have you seen that too with Clubhouse? How do you like Clubhouse as its own new app that has no visuals? for connecting and, and telling stories and meeting people? 
Yeah, I really like Clubhouse. I think initially, <laughs> I, I'm not always the the earliest adopter with things. I just not like you know I I, I get it. New DVD player comes out, you know, I get it, you know, two years later or whatever. Like, I don't really care. You know, some stuff is kind of cool ha- being on the cutting edge and uh, being an early adopter and other stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll wait, you know. And so multiple people, I remember when Clubhouse was first kind of like getting rolling and people are like, why are you not on here? What's going on? I was like, first of all, I don't have an Apple. Like, I don't have a, you know, because you needed to, uh, it was only, you know, Apple. You couldn't get it on Android. So I was like, I have an iPod, iPad around here somewhere. I think it's like a glorified like coffee table. Like I never use it. Like I use my laptop for everything. I don't need an iPad and, you know, I have an Android phone. And like Quinn was like, if you don't get on Clubhouse, boy, like half of the speakers that are, are uh, part of BSN are on here. You know, I remember signing up and just instantly realizing the power of it every now and then. There are um, platforms that I believe have the ability, they may not do it, but they, they at least have the ability to fundamentally shift how we interact, engage with content and consume information. And the frequency in which those sort of disruptive technologies are introduced are accelerating at just an incredible rate. I mean, you think about the when the radio was invented and then how long of a gap it was between when the radio was invented to television coming along and between broadcast television and then cable and then cable to the internet. Like these are decades of time (laughs) that happened between these innovations. And now we're seeing something new, like a new app, like every like 10 minutes, like since we've started this conversation, Whitney, like something new has probably come out. And so with clubhouse, I do believe that it, it has it, it, it's building on like some fundamentals, like we're podcasting. People love the idea of being able to listen to information, but that's a more of a web 2.0 type of, of situation versus being able to interact with a live conversation. And to your point earlier, not having to worry about being on camera and stuff like that is, is, is really, really, it's really interesting and so looking at it from a speaker perspective, yeah, I, I think my whole thing is if you're going to call yourself a speaker and your goal is to essentially get in front of the audience that you're called to serve, we say that because like our tagline is, you know, speak up, exclamation point, your audience awaits. You should be really taking advantage of as many opportunities that you can get to potentially get in front of that audience. And I think similar to podcasts, Clubhouse actually represents a much lower barrier of entry because there are places where you could either host your own rooms or strategically insert yourself into conversations where you could quickly add value. And I've we've definitely made a, a ton of money from directly from Clubhouse and you know we've added members and stuff like that. But what I've done is a scratch on the surface with what I've seen other people do. Like I know people who are their entire 2021 like bottom line <laughs> like could be attributed to like Clubhouse. Like it is it's just a very, very powerful place to connect with people. Certainly from a I've connected with folks on there um, around the world. And I think 
it's one of those things, whether it's the actual app clubhouse or something like it, I do think it kind of represents a fundamental shift and how we consume and engage with each other. And certainly it, it will continue to influence that. But at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to this kind of evolution of technology, certainly what we're seeing is that people don't just want to sit on the sideline. I mean, sometimes you do, like sometimes it's, it's good to, you know, listen to information and, you know, and that's good, but people really have an appetite to be heard and to connect and to share. And anytime that you're providing a stage, a place to do that, I think that the net positive is going to be good. Now, certainly there's no, no app is perfect. Clubhouse is not perfect. I think there's a lot of stuff that they continue to improve upon. And then, you know, you have to make sure folks are safe and free from harassment and all that types of stuff. So anytime you throw like several million people onto a platform, there's, there's risk involved, but there's heavy, you know, reward um, possibility as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love Clubhouse. We do. We love Clubhouse. <laughs> it's been fun. Okay, so what are you looking forward to? Whether it's Clubhouse or podcasting or with Black, the Black Speakers Network or any conferences, whether they're virtual or not, or some. It's like, what are you looking forward to this year? Yeah. So this year, I mean, we really spent the bulk of our time focusing on membership experience. So that's why at the top of the broadcast, Whitney, it was so good to kind of hear your feedback on the things that you're getting out of BSN. I, I These days, I'm less speaker and more CEO, I guess. And certainly speaking, going to always be a part of, you know, what I do. But, you know, I'm really focused on scaling BSN. You know, like I said, we started in 2016 as an idea. 2017, we became a business when we started charging people. <laughs> and, uh, and 2018, we, we grew. 2019, uh, I left my full-time job, my career, 11 years, and just came to the business full-time. We have an amazing global team and an amazing membership base and partners and everything. And so my, my focus now is to continue to provide opportunity for the folks that, that want it, the folks that are like, yeah, I want to speak more, like I need the tools and resources. So my focus is really building capacity and making sure that folks have access to the information that they need when they need it. So we're working on building out a new membership backend. Uh, we have um, new stages and platforms like BSN, BSN Power Talks, uh, which are coming out next month, which give each member you know an opportunity to deliver a 10-minute BSN Power Talk presentation that we broadcast and you know invite out like meeting planners and stuff to hear that. So anywhere we can add value, that's that's where it is. Continue to scale you know, the company financially from six figures, we hit six figures in 2020 and grew through the pandemic. And now I'm looking to build a seven figure, uh, seven to eight figure empire and be the leading organization responsible for putting more black speakers on stages than anywhere in the world. So that's really what's important to me right now. Mm-hmm. I love it. That is absolutely amazing. And congrats on the six figures and just all of this, all of this. I'm really, really pumped. You guys, if you want to stay connected and follow Brian's journey, BSN's journey, and just see what's happening, definitely make sure you tap into the IG. I think that's probably the best place to go. You'll find in the links and the bios for both of those accounts, pretty much everything you'll need. Um, If you are a Clubhouse person and you want to tap in over there, just search in the little search box, Black Speakers Network, and you'll find the club. 
It's got about 1.4 thousand people in it. And, um, and you can tap into those rooms and get that free content. And then, you know, if you're interested in joining some really amazing people, especially if you feel like you have something to say. So Brian, is there anything else that we missed that we didn't talk about that you want to share that's on your heart? No, I just, you know, want to encourage people that if you have, if speaking has been on your mind and if something that you kind of been kicking the can down the road and, or maybe you just had some fear or wasn't sure to get started, I think everybody, it doesn't matter what you do in life. You need to be in association with other people who are doing what you do. And, you know, that's what Black Speakers Network is here for and to have a community of support and resources and training and opportunity along the way. So nope, that's it, Whitney. I appreciate your time. And also, as we say in BSN, I'll leave you with our tagline, speak up. Your audience is waiting for you. And I hope to see many of you on stage. Yes, yes. And y'all, if you do decide to join, make sure you say that you've, you heard about BSN through Network and Spill or mention my name just so that we can track who heard the show and who clicked on what. Um, I look forward to seeing you all online, on social. If you listen to this all the way to the end or really at any point, you know, you can always screenshot yourself and tag me. You can tag Brian on Instagram so we can share it out. Don't forget to leave that five-star review, five-star rating and review the show over on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. And, And tell a friend, share this with your friends who are entrepreneurs, who are speakers, who have podcasts. Share this with them. Let's spread the word about the show. Make sure you tap in with Brian through BSN as well as through Clubhouse. And we will see you next time. You guys know my handle at Whitney Danielle Co underscore and at Network and Spill. And uh, that's it. That's it. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you all soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers.